podcast this week, we invite Jack Reacher Never Go Back star Kobe Smulders into our wonderful pod booth and she expresses a wish to, yes, never go back. All that plus the usual news and nonsense on the movie podcast. It isn't surprised to hear that they're rebooting Willy Wonka. After all, Donald Trump's already rebooted the Oompa Loompas. Boom! Satire. Amazing. Getting political on the Empire podcast. Oh, yeah. Nothing bad comes to that. Anyway, hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt. Welcome to the Empire podcast. This week, I'm joined by two colleagues of such lethal cunning. First up is our geek queen, a lady who is not throwing away her shot of having an introduction that doesn't mention at least one of the Winchesters, <laughs> Dragons, or Hamilton. It's Helen O'Hara. Hello, or all three. Or all three. There we go. Why not? But yes. only one this week. Oh, that's true. Oh, well, technically all three. Exactly. Oh, I've, I've out-clevered myself. You really have. <laughs> it's like the Wachowskis when they were writing The Matrix Revolutions. They didn't mean to put all those layers in. It just happened. There were layers? There are total layers. Oh, okay. It's all very... Anyway. Hello, anyway. welcome. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Do you realise that's the only line I know from Hamilton? Uh, not throwing away your... You should yeah, because really he like... was on SNL. Yes. I, I just feel that I don't want to go... If I get tickets, or I'm lucky enough to get tickets for it, I do not want to go in knowing the songs. This is then it turns incorrect. into a Duran Duran concert where you know all no. the, the words. It is genuinely... I've said this before Duran Duran. to you <laughs> repeatedly. Uh, Duran Duran? I don't know. It's an up-to-date um, reference. <laughs> I've never been to Duran I don't even like Duran Duran. Sure. Why, sure, did, I go, why did I go there? Sure, you yeah. don't. Uh, anyway. it, it doesn't matter in this case because the lyrics are so great. They're, like, you, it doesn't hurt you to know them. It, it is, in, if anything, a benefit. Do you think? Yes, 100%. I'm usually not one for listening to the lyrics beforehand, but in this case, I have zero regrets. You see, my wife... A late... Um, tricky game. A lady to whom I'm intimately acquainted. Shots with whom rude. I'm intimate. Yeah, well, you know, we've done it. What? <laughs> Not boasting, but uh, yep. At least once. Uh, right. Where am I? Yes. Uh, she is listening to the Hamilton soundtrack at the moment. She tells me that the lyrics are very, very good. Yeah, but, so that's because your wife is a wise woman. Yeah. Oh, well, mostly. Uh, but, uh, I, yeah, apart from marrying me and the whole the whole business. Uh, but I will say that I can't listen to the Hamilton soundtrack at the moment because lovely Rebecca Ferguson has a new album out and I have to devote all my attention to, to that. Uh, anyway, what's happening? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, next up, we have, uh, you've already heard him a little bit, our very own George Harrison lookalike. They call George, of course, the Quiet Beetle, and in many ways we call this man the Quiet Poddle, uh, until, of course, he embarks upon one of his legendary career-destroying, rage fueled rants. Uh, beware the wrath of John Nugent. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I love he that. He sounded so wrathful. I love that. Oh my god, it was I terrifying. Just, uh, I love, I love teeing you up, and then it's just like, hello everyone, hi, how's right. it going? Yeah, what's got you angry at the moment, John? What's happening? What, what's what are you? What are you mad about? You're usually mad about something. Oh yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a queue in the kitchen this morning. <laughs> yeah, the kitchen's pretty abominable in this yeah, place. Um, you, but uh, you actually, you, uh, I saw a tweet from you. You, you have jettisoned all cynicism because yes. you've just seen La La Land. Yes, I defy anyone to be rageful after seeing that film. My goodness me, 
that's just I, I just, just dancing out of the cinema. It's really? amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. I I couldn't tell who I fancied more. <laughs> Brian Gosling and Emma Stone are jostling for my affections, and it's it's very hard to know. Yeah, he's a very I, confused man right now, I John. You felt some very strange feelings. So let me ask you this: So you went into a musical cold. You didn't know the lyrics. Did you find that that helped? Oh I mean, my or goodness! Would, would it have helped if you'd known the lyrics to La La Land going in beforehand? Just saying. No, Just saying. you're not. You're wrong. In this case, like, I'm not saying I always advocate knowing uh-huh. the songs before a musical. I'm saying in the Hamilton's case, the soundtrack is so freaking good that it deserves to be listened to. Uh, right. Should we have a question? Uh, the question comes from Tom Paisley, at Tom Paisley via Twitter, who asks... <laughs> um, this is a weird one, but I like it. Who, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think he was aiming it directly at me, he, he, he added me so I think he thought ooh Marvel Cinematic Universe that'll get his attention who in the MCU brackets or just cinema close brackets would have the highest electric bill <laughs> well no, this is interesting isn't it <laughs> yeah I love that question <laughs> I mean because I think certainly among the Avengers of the MCU there's a real commitment actually to either renewable energy or their own energy <laughs> yes, sources that's right uh, yeah. I mean uh, yeah. Tony Stark, you would think, obviously, he's going to have an enormous energy bill, right? But he has yeah. literally his own power station. It's the, the yeah. giant arc it's thing. Self-sustaining, isn't it? Self-sustaining. Yeah. So self-sustaining. he doesn't actually have a high electricity bill yeah. at all. And even if he yeah. did, in fairness, he is a multi-billionaire and he'd be able to handle the electricity bill. Also, he's very frugal and he goes on moneysavingexpert.com and looks around. <laughs> uh, he uses U-Switch quite often <laughs> and just keeps, keeps changing it up, switching his credit cards to 0% interest rates well and just done, flipping Chris. them around yeah. something that I should do but I don't <laughs> um, but there you go uh, otherwise yeah it would be Tony Stark absolutely so yeah uh, and then you know Thor obviously like if he gets short of electricity lightning <laughs> hello he doesn't pay uh, for that stuff yeah I mean it's it's probably going to be something ridiculous like the highest energy usage in the MCU is probably Spider-Man trying to do an experiment and it going wrong yeah I, I, you know or, or I mean Hawkeye's yeah. got that entire farm unless he's got a wind turbine I didn't somewhere. see one I didn't see one didn't see yeah. one I think Samuel L. Jackson uh, talking on Skype with his massive video screens that's probably going to run up a bit of a bill but that's mm. a that's a government you know bill isn't it I mean State that's not him personally okay. Captain America obviously comes from the olden times and he didn't have electricity exactly. so he that's doesn't right. want to have anything to do I mean, with it how much energy does a phonograph even use <laughs> like it just yeah. doesn't seem likely yeah I believe he hand pumps it yeah wow gosh and then Doctor Strange we haven't seen it yet at the time of, uh, that we're recording this yeah. but uh, you've got to assume he's got mystical energy going on like some crazy stuff Guardians do they even have electricity bills in outer space your answer's on a postcard please and the Guardians they're, they're, they're kind of scoundrels so they wouldn't have they wouldn't pay yeah, they wouldn't, they'd they wouldn't like pay tap it. in illegally yeah, they would They would. They which would is siphon. also what, what Black, Black Widow would do well I think Black Widow might have the highest electricity bill because yeah. she has all those you know she has those blue bits in her costume oh, yeah, to and re- she has recharge yeah, those and of course she must be annoyed because the new uh, Black Widow costume uh, they changed the, the charging dock so it's oh, also the headphone dock so <laughs> it doesn't uh, it's really annoying so she now has to get two different sets of headphones yeah at least her costume is waterproof now <laughs> but only to a depth of three metres yeah yeah only for like half an hour yeah but she has a much better camera <laughs> Imagine if Black Widow can only swim nine feet. <laughs> That's it. Then otherwise she invalidates the warranty. Because you presume that's Star Tech, right? That's got to be Star Tech. 
Yeah. yeah. Actually, yes, I think, I think the idea is he's given everybody a little bit of an upgrade, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Cap. And Vision. Does Vision need charging? No. Uh, he runs Infinity on an stone. Infinity Stone. Infinity Stone. Yeah. All right. So does he doesn't the Infinity Stone need charging? Is it sort of just a... Well, also, he can not. eat. So essentially, there. even if he is recharging, it's through the normal means of converting yeah. food into energy. Why does Thanos power his giant space toilet? <laughs> and where does he empty it? At solar power, isn't it? Solar power. <laughs> and he empties it into space. Oh, imagine you're just flying along and then you goosh into one of Thanos' massive space poos. Goosh. Ew. Yeah, you just... Ew. That's yeah. why ships have shields. <laughs> That's why. That's why the mission to Mars that uh, Elon Musk is talking about is going to take... You know, they're worried about their, what they say is radiation shielding Yeah. that could fry Leonardo DiCaprio. Have yeah. you seen this? Have you seen this? Mm. That, so Elon Musk has been talking about how have we done this? How have we got onto this? But anyway, uh, he's talking about um, ha- ha- sending a manned mission to Mars. So he wants to populate Mars because we fucked up this planet completely. So we need to move on to somewhere else. Um, hashtag explicit warning for listeners. Um, so so he's, he wants to send people to Mars by 2026, I believe. He okay. wants to have people. He wants to have people out there and start colonizing it and all sorts of stuff. And you know, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio has said that he wants to be one of the first people to do it. Uh, where he'll probably get attacked by a space bear, <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. But I do think that will help drive recruitment as well. <laughs> Actually. I think you have to pay. In the supermodel sector of the... Oh, I think he might pool. bring a couple of his own. Oh, OK. Yeah, um, Yeah. OK. That's interesting. I hadn't heard that. Had you not heard that? No. I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Like, I, I think, like, listen, I mean, I, I'm fascinated by genuine space travel as well as sci-fi yeah. books like Red Mars the, the Kim yeah. Stanley Robinson series if you've read those just Ilium and um, fantastic no no the, those are the other ones those no 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 but I'm, I'm, oh yeah I'm, Ilium and other, Olympus yeah. Ilium and Olympus are hilarious and brilliant and wonderful love them um, by Dan Simmons by Dan, Dan Simmons should, get after it if you haven't already get, get on it get on smash it smash it it makes no sense but it's brilliant it makes it makes it makes yeah. total sense but it's confusing yeah anyway anyway uh, <laughs> Yeah. So on the question of uh, oh, we were talking electric, about electricity, electricity bills, yes. Yes. who else, like in in you know in cinema, in as a, cinema, in the well, world? For me, for me, it has to be Emperor Palpatine, because mm. not only does he have to foot the bill for Fader's big old battery pack, which yeah. you know powers his his, his breathing apparatus, and that ain't cheap. Uh, although it's batteries, so I guess it's not technically. Anyway, uh, he also has to pay the electric bill for Coruscant. Um, which I imagine comes in pretty high. It's probably 80, 90 quid a month, I'd say. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a, that's a few 50 P's in the meter, isn't it? It is, isn't it? It's like, I have to refill the meter. <laughs> Lord Vader, get me some 50 P's. And again, there's actually evidence of sort of geothermic. <gasps> oh, you're right. Work, isn't there? In fact, in Revenge of the Sith, he even declares unlimited power. Because he's right. he's, right. he's consolidated <laughs> on the bills. <laughs> he's consolidated. Yeah. yeah, that'd be amazing. Unlimited power. Consolidate your monthly bills. I feel no like there are advertising execs taking really careful notes of this right now and calling up Disney. So maybe it's not him. Maybe, maybe it's, it's not, not him. See, I had a similar thought about uh, we were talking about Blofeld and uh, and his giant uh, volcano base. Oh yeah, that's obviously oh, yeah. an enormous yes. base, yeah. and you know, it seems to be electric powered cars, and yeah. and you know that seems to be pretty high in electric. But again, surely geothermic energy there. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So, 
I think films are quite responsible. Like even I you look at them, are... the Doc Brown with his you know super time traveling car. First thing Mr. he does. Fusion. First thing he does. First thing he does. Yeah. No. What an inspiration. What a legend. So um, have we actually answered Tom Pace's question? I'm not question? sure. So the highest actual electricity bill, I think it might be Batman, because there's no um, evidence there of other forms of, of that's how they get him generating, you know? That's how they get him. They yeah. go, <laughs> Mr. B-Man of <laughs> Batcave, suspiciously close to Wayne Manor, has run up an electric bill in the hundreds of thousands. And you know, some guy goes, oh, excuse me, have you paid your electric bill? Need to check your meter. And, you know, and that's how it all unfolds. Right. All that's how it all, yeah. yes. It's the yeah. bloody eon gets yeah. him, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, Bruce Wayne panics. You would. <gasps> panics, snaps a guy's neck. Oh, no! I've become everything I feared, everything I hated. He's oh, my broken God. his one rule that he He's... may or may not have. I'm, not sure. <laughs> I'm kind of flexible about, depending on the situation. It's okay. Then he has to cover it up. Then, obviously, they send a second guy, and he has to kill him, too. Before oh, you know man. it, the bad cave is littered with this the bodies of dead dark. electricians. This is super um, dark. And it begins to stink. Oh. It really begins to stink. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know so then he has to have more fans installed mm-hmm. to get away with the smell and so his bill goes up it's just it's a never ending circle it's a vicious cycle it is this is a That's bleak bit of fan fiction you're writing here I think it should be the next movie the Dark Knight yeah. rising electricity bill yeah. <laughs> until eventually even Bruce Wayne billionaire playboy can't pay his electric bill and, uh, and the, the end of the movie is just him in the back cave as the lights Obviously, go out. Obviously, as the lights go out, and he's just sat there, you know, and Alfred can't make the tea because there's no... He probably can't get kettle. into the cave. Can't get in the cave. Why yeah. would he want to go in the cave? Cave's full of dead, rotting electricians. <laughs> and that's it. End of the movie. Finn. Wow. I mean, it's dark enough for the Snyderverse. <laughs> so it really could work. You are yeah. welcome, Ben Affleck. Yeah, you're welcome, Hollywood. All right. Okay. If you want to have a question read out in the Emperor podcast and treat it with the respect it deserves, uh, send them in to us via Twitter. We're at Empire Magazine. Use the hashtag Empire Podcast. You can email us, Empire. No, that's not the right email address. What's the email address? Podcast at EmpireOnline.com. And we're on Facebook, of course, as Empire Magazine as well. Okay. Has there been any movie news this week? Uh, there's been quite a lot of trailers. Maybe we should sort of mention those first. Let's talk about trailers. Um, so, trailers-wise, a new trailer for Assassin's Creed, which I thought was much more kind of action-packed and gave you a little bit of an idea that there's going to be a lot more uh, modern-day stuff or mm-hmm. near future or whenever the heck it's meant to be stuff than you might have expected, but in a quite interesting way, sort of setting up some some other characters there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was I was pleasantly impressed by that, actually. Yeah, I'm still not entirely 100% sold in this movie. It does look like it could be interesting, could have some good action scenes. Mm. I'm intrigued by the modern day stuff, the fact that there seems to be some sort of, you know, uh, almost modern day Spartacus thing where he's going to, not the Spartacus had to break out of a prison, but he's trying to lead an an uprising in in the modern day, while at the same time, fighting and leaping off buildings in the uh, in the mm. past. And there's an interesting change in the building he's leaping off, as I'm sure we all noticed. Uh, in the previous trailer, he was leaping off the Giralda, the bell tower of the cathedral in Seville, and now he seems to be leaping off the half-built cathedral itself. I so. noticed that. Yes, I definitely noticed that. Yeah. I mean, so what can we draw from this? That, uh, that he prefers Christian architect to Moorish? I don't know. I guess we'll find <laughs> yeah. out. You know, that's exactly what went through my mind. Took the thoughts out of my head. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I thought to myself, whatever Helen just said. Yes. That. Something about that. architecture. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a pointy bit. <laughs> That's correct. There, there are several. Yeah. Several pointy mm-hmm. bits. Anyway, it may be a different shot or a different person, but oh, I thought that was that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but loads of amazing leaping and, and mm-hmm. general Lots sort of, of jumping. Par- parkour and such. Good jumping. Good jumping. I mean, it looked very pretty. Uh, Justin Kurzel has made some very, yeah. very good looking films. Macbeth was obviously very, very visually impressive. And this one looks to be along similar lines. Mm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm yet to see a video game movie that I think is genuinely good. Uh, Sorry, Warcraft. I really, I don't think anything has broken that curse yet. So No, nothing has. We'll see. We'll see if this is the one. Yeah. We also saw uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 trailer this week, didn't we? Yeah, a tiny little teaser. Uh, Very little in the way of plots, really, or anything, really. But it was promising, I thought. Baby Groot looks super cute. Like, even cuter than he did at the end of the last one, which you would think is impossible. Yeah, it was good to see Uga Chaka back as well. Yes. (laughs) Um, Not a character name, but... (laughs) (laughs) I believe that is the song title. Uga Chaka. Uga Chaka. Yeah, I mean, that looks fun, right? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm Chris, you like Marvel, don't you? Yeah. I've heard. Yeah. I'm I'm wary of banging on about it. I like the trailer. It looks good. Um, I mean, there's nothing there to work with. Nice images. Fun exchange between Drax and Peter Quill. Yeah. Need a hug. Oh. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it did look like they were maybe back in the nowhere, maybe uh, in one shot, uh, a little bit more kind of alien worlds and planets, uh, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, this is but, very much a kind of you like these guys. Well, all these guys are back. Exactly. Kind of trailer. Yeah. There was also a very well designed uh, teaser poster, which was just sort of black and white, and it had the lineup plus. Yeah, Nebula and... Yondu. And yeah, Yondu. Nebula and Yondu just sort of leaning against the wall looking all pretty badass rock star style. Yeah. And the tagline was just, obviously, yes. full stop, <laughs> which is so great. I mean, there's there's, there's a certain confidence that comes with that. I mean, it, the, the first teaser poster for the first film was You're Welcome. You're Welcome, yeah. yeah. And there's a sort of nice bravado about it that not many films can possess, you know. Yeah. yeah. I remember at the time, we, we, we thought, oh, have they earned that confidence? And I, I think they did. I think yes. They yeah. it. So, you know, fingers crossed. I'm really excited about that. Uh, there were other teasers this week, weren't there? There I mean, were. I know it came out a couple of weeks ago. We talked about it already, but let's talk about John Wick Chapter 2. Mm. That was a great teaser. That's fantastic. Everyone's happy about that. Well done. Yes. Amen. <laughs> um, uh, there was a new teaser for Legion, uh, mm-hmm. which was interesting. It, it looks like uh, potentially one of the big new superhero shows obviously uh, Dan Stevens starring as uh, uh, shall we call him David Haller in this case but a young man who has some strange stuff going on in his head and isn't quite sure what it all means I think it's fair to say but if you know the character background there I mean spoiler in the comics he's the son of Charles Xavier and he has some very serious powers and some even more serious mental issues so that could be a very intriguing show, actually. Uh, mm. We've got a, a, an, in, an interview about that that's going to run in a future issue of the magazine, so do keep an eye out for that. Um, also this week, uh, we had the first trailer for Gore Verbinski's A Cure for Wellness, mm-hmm. um, which I was, I have to say, on the page, I was inclined to dismiss as yet another sort of Eastern European cheapo horror, but there are some absolutely stunning visuals in that trailer and it has me really quite intrigued of course friend of the podcast Jason Isaacs is also in it so that 
also speaks in yep. its favour. Love that man. Absolutely. And um, can we talk about the... Um, it's not a trailer per se. It's weird because Doctor Strange is out next Tuesday in the in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't open in the States until I think November 7th. So we're getting it even earlier than we normally do. Um, we haven't seen it yet. But I really like the Michael Cicchino... Uh, theme from Doctor Strange which is uh, now available on YouTube which is uh, really trippy and weird and not at all what you'd expect from a a superhero film it's very surprising isn't it it's it's unlike anything Marvel have ever really done with their music I mean we've discussed on the podcast before how Marvel's uh, scores tend to fade in the background a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, you know there are some with exceptions obviously Um, but they're they're not quite as distinctive and this (laughs) sounds incredibly distinctive Yeah, Uh, and and sort of, I guess there's a bit of 70s prog rock in there, you know. Yeah, yes, very Floyd. Very bit Floyd. Of Doctor Who, yeah. I think. A little bit of Sherlock. In, Sherlock, in, in yeah. It, it feels to me like, uh, I said this on Twitter already, uh, so apologies for doubling up, but it feels to me like it's the lost theme tune from the lost Doctor Strange TV show we never got <laughs> from the 1960s <laughs> or 70s, yeah. starring Patrick McGowan as Doctor Strange. It feels <laughs> it feels like that. It uh, It's really, really good. Of course, possible note of caution is that I believe it's from the end credits right. and the end credits of Iron Man 3 is Can You Dig It yes an amazing yes. piece of music by Brian Tyler uh, which bears no resemblance really stylistically to, to what goes score. before yeah. Yeah. so it might be the score is more conventional with more or, uh, or of an orchestral bent and then they just whipped out the Mellotron and went nuts absolutely um, or the MOOC or whatever it's called uh, so it's all very very exciting uh, but can I talk about the, the news that's really excited me and I know it's excited you and I, John I don't know whether it's excited you or filled you with rage probably rage that's my I don't think it is rage state. because I don't think this this is, could ever fill anybody with rage Paddington 2 Paddington yes, 2 of course Paddington 2 so it has started shooting this very week this week that we are in was the start of shooting. And uh, they've announced, obviously, everybody's back because why would you not be? You get to hang out with Paddington. <laughs> um, they have some new cast members, uh, and that is Hugh Grant uh, is playing one of them. He is playing uh, a fading, uh, formerly fetid thespian called Phoenix Buchanan, who's <laughs> the local name. celebrity. Great name. And even better, a local safe cracker and muscle man known as... Knuckles McGinty <laughs> Knuckles McGinty Knuckles McGinty will be played by Brendan Gleeson hopefully with his magnificent stripy beard but we, yeah. we shall have to wait and see so what we know about this so far uh, plot wise Paul King is back and in fact before we get on to the plot uh, I detected a note of renewed confidence in this movie because they referred to it in the press statement as Paul King's Paddington 2 and of course, I think everybody went at the first movie not sure what this movie was going to be, uh, not sure if it was going to be any good. Certainly, I went into it with very low expectations, and uh, I got an, a just, I think, an instant family classic, yeah. uh, a, a new Christmas perennial, uh, a movie that is funny and touching and, and, and moving and really inventive and really established. Paul King, I think, is someone who's fantastically just warm and an interesting talent to watch and so the fact that this is now Paul King's Paddington 2 is very very exciting um, so what's the plot what the, the plot is about uh, the plot is uh, that young Paddington uh, helped by McGinty Knuckles McGinty um, is hunting for the thief of a rare pop-up book uh-huh. that was stolen from Mr. Gruber's that's Jim Broadbent yes uh, was stolen from his antique shop <sighs> um, so 
Apparently Paddington had earmarked the book as a gift for Aunt Lucy's 100th birthday. Aunt Lucy, played by Imelda Staunton, and was working odd jobs to, to save up the money to buy oh, it for Paddington. her because he's so adorable. Film of 2017. I'm calling it, <laughs> calling it now. Oh, I, I don't think you're going to get any argument in this pod booth to be honest no absolutely I, I, yeah I, sorry everybody else yeah I'm so excited about this film I, I hope it lives up to the ridiculously high expectations I'm, I'm <laughs> voicing upon it already uh, yeah I, I think it's going to be great I know Simon Farnaby's um, involved with the screenplay uh, along with Paul King and uh, there's probably a host of, of great British gagsmiths coming in and, and punching stuff up I think we have to assume that Hugh Grant's the bad guy in the sort of Nicole Kidman <laughs> style of the first movie he does rather sound it doesn't he well, just by a process of elimination, yeah. there are two new cast members. We know there's a thief. We know that one of them isn't a bad guy. So process of elimination, yeah. maybe. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but very exciting. Very, very exciting indeed. I love the first movie, so I hope this one could live up to it as well. Amen to that. Amen. What else? Um, also, slightly more worrying news. Now we've, now we've fortified ourselves by thinking about Paddington too. Let's discuss the news just overnight that they're making a Willy Wonka prequel. Hmm. I'm okay. sorry, but Can we I- have to. I, I don't think this is a bad thing. And the reason I don't think it's a bad thing is because uh, of David Heyman, who is the producer of Paddington and obviously all the Harry Potter movies, is a man I think has proved himself of impeccable taste. Well, that's true. Uh, and frankly, I think it's I think it's okay. I think it's time. And I think this thing was inevitable. I think I think the 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 sad recent death of Gene Wilder thrust certainly his version of Willy Wonka back into the, the public eye. True. There's so much interest in the character uh, after that that it's actually not a surprise. Uh, it, but knowing David Heyman, who's a man who's got his finger in the pulse, he's probably been planning this for some time. This doesn't feel like... The timing does feel like it's been inspired by, by Gene Wilder's death, but mm. I would suspect that he's been working on it for a while. I think, I think yeah, from what we hear, Warner yeah. Brothers and the Royal Dahl Estate have been in negotiations for a little while so mm. it probably predates um, oh, Gene Wilder's sad passing I'm not worried about um, it being knee jerk I'm just worried about I, I mean again spoiler you're going to see in the in the upcoming issue we have a discussion about prequels but mm. I just don't think they're great generally and it's one of these things I just I just I, I struggle to get excited about it in advance that said it could absolutely win me over you're right I haven't really Disliked anything David Heyman's done so far. I think he's he's he was showed extraordinary stewardship of the Harry Potter books. He's done an incredible job with Paddington. Um, so you know we we hope for the best. But yeah, I just uh. I mean it's so I think they're pitching it as an origin story of of sorts. So it's yeah. it's not going to be the same thing we saw in but origins in are two thousand five. You know, boring yes no they they do do sort of demystify the characters a little bit so uh, i I, it'll be interesting to see what sort of spin they take Mm. yeah i I guess it's not going to be in the chocolate factory this time it's i think it's going to be willy wonka on his travels yeah taking in new flavors or whatever it's basically Um, going to be like michael palin (gasps) but chocolatier around the world in 80 chocolates Oh my god! I think okay, that I would watch. Actually, what yeah. am I talking about? Yeah, I would absolutely. If <laughs> if we could somehow de-age Michael Palin, I think he'd be a good choice. Actually, he'd be you know, or or, or just any Python, regardless. Any any Python, any yeah. Python. So who? That's that's fantasy casted now. Mm. <sighs> Who's your Willy Wonka? Is it too obvious to say Benedict Cumberbatch? It's yes. too obvious it's to say Benedict Cumberbatch. What? Because he's strange, Doctor Strange. <laughs> Willy Wonka's quite strange. Yeah, American, British. Mm. What would you do? 
Where would you go? I mean, I'm a big Roald Dahl fan, so, I, you know, the purist in me would want him to still be British. I think he should be British just so we don't have have that ridiculous situation we had in 2005 where they keep calling it candy <sighs> in a British accent. Yeah. Oh, it was so upsetting. R- remind me, because all I can remember of uh, Tim Burton's version is the amazing joke about the Flags of the World exhibit. Um, but, <laughs> that is... Uh, that's literally all I can remember about the film. Was was Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka British or American? Uh, I think he was American, wasn't he? I think I, he might have been, but they were clearly meant to be in England because everybody were, yeah. else had an English accent. Yeah. But they t- kept using American terms for things in an English accent. Oh. And this is something that used to happen. I actually remember writing a really angry blog about it once. This is something that... Uh, <laughs> and another thing by Helen O'Hara. <laughs> but it keeps happening. Like in, or, uh, You probably have been spared the horror, but the Tinkerbell movies... They mm. had it was a story set in sort of Edwardian England, mm-hmm. um, but they kept talking about the tr- uh, the trunk of their car and the creek rather than the stream and just words that don't belong <laughs> and it's very distracting to me. So, yeah, I think if you're going to go English, use yeah. English vocabulary and trust in children all over the world to figure it out from context in the same way that we figure out any words we don't know Damn straight. from context. Now I think about it, I'm pretty sure Johnny Depp's accent was American because I think it was. He, he had a bit of a Michael Jackson-ish yeah, he did. twang yeah. about him. like I slightly. But I mean, Freddie Highmore is the one I'm worried about. He was the one who yeah. had to say words about candy. Oh, just poor yeah. guy. Poor guy. Um, I think Hiddleston could be a good choice. He's tall, yes. he's rangy, he can play weird, he can play uh, dark, which you know Willy Wonka would have to mm. be. But I think it has to be someone who's tall, Gangly Peter Crouch. <laughs> wow, well, I'm on board. He's big, he's red, his chocolates will screw your head. Peter Crouch. <laughs> Peter Crouch. No? No one? No one's going to bore with that? Okay. You had something else. Also, a couple of very quick things this week. Uh, Colin Firth has joined Mary Poppins Returns, uh, uh, adding once again to the delightful lineup of, of the most delightful film that isn't Paddington currently in. Production. We, we hope. We hope. Oh come on, Emily Blunt, Lin Manuel Miranda. Have we mentioned him today? Um, <laughs> we actually, we have. Ben Wishaw again with that Paddington connection. Emily Mortimer, mm-hmm. Meryl Streep. For goodness' sake, come on. Yeah. Uh, and now another national treasure in Remind the shape. Remind me who's Colin directing Firth. it. Yeah, Rob Marshall is behind the camera on that one with a script by David McGee. You had me at Rob Marshall. <laughs> that's that's the name Did out of all those convincing? names. Did that sound convincing? <laughs> out of all those names, I had you at Rob Marshall. You absolutely didn't, but I was trying to be positive. <laughs> like you lost me at Rob Marshall, if I'm honest. Yeah, uh, oh. I'm slightly worried. Good cast, no, great cast. great cast. Come on, come on. Good, good guy. Good Keep guy. faith. Good guy. Um, is that it? Yeah, I mean, Donald Gleeson's playing Mr. McGregor from Peter Rabbit, but... We've already had the week's most exciting Gleeson casting news. <laughs> I don't even know how to approach that, so let's just skip over it. Oh, what do you think of the... Have you seen the Twin Peaks feature thing? Have you seen that? Oh, no, I didn't see that. Okay. So, good So, good chat. Uh, time for this week's guest. <laughs> <laughs> It was a behind-the-scenes featurette uh, uh, for Twin Peaks yeah. in which uh, Kyle MacLachlan clearly has a portrait in his attic. I mean, he just looks freakishly young and um, it's it's getting me excited for the inevitable disappointment. Um, for the... And no, no, it's going to be great. Twin Peaks, David Lynch, it's coming, it's coming back. So I urge you to see it at your earliest convenience. Uh, okay, time now for this week's guest. Uh, she is one of Canada's finest exports along with maple syrup and... The Shat. Uh, she made her bones in the hit sitcom How I Met Your Mother and has recently turned her attention to kicking ass on the big screen. First as Maria Hill in the MCU. What's her electric bill like? 
And now as made to Susan Turner every bit the equal of Tom Cruise's Jack Reacher in Jack Reacher Never Go Back. She is, of course, the delightful Kobe Smulders and she came into our sweltering sweatbox. We've had an air conditioning malfunction uh, for a nice old natter. Enjoy. We're delighted to be joined on the Emperor Podcast by Kobe Smulders, star of Jack Reacher, colon, Never Go Back. Hello. How are you? Can I do the interview in this voice? You can, but it means I have to do the interview in this voice. <laughs> One of us has yeah. to be masculine. There has to be a One has to be feminine. That's just the world in which we live. It's One has to be a cartoon balance, <laughs> balance it out. <laughs> How are you? I'm All doing good? great. Yeah. I'm doing wonderful. I'm in London, which is such a wonderful city. Yeah, it's okay. We're pretty proud of it. It's We're a good. Happy. It's a good place to be. Yeah. Are you here for long? Have you had I'm a chance to? I'm here for to... like a day. Oh my god! So I'm just like looking out enviously out my window and just looking at everybody walking by and wanting to wanting to take in the city, but I don't think I have any time. Oh my to. god! So no no wing spreading time. There's a premiere no, tonight. There's, uh, yeah, and yeah. then we get on a plane to Berlin. We're doing the Graham Norton show and then get on a plane right after. Oh my god! Yeah, it's intense today. It's a it's a big day today. Yeah, and uh, people asking the same questions over and over again. I imagine. Uh similar questions. Yeah. yeah. But um, but all in all, I mean, people tend to switch it up. <laughs> right. And then you come in here, and then when, and you get the same questions. So when your parents divorced, what was that like for you? That's, that's Let's always, just get deep. Let's go dark today. That's my warm up. <laughs> <laughs> then I go proper deep from that point on. Uh, I imagine you get it quite a lot of. What was it like meeting Tom Cruise for the first time? We, I do get that a lot. Yeah. Um, do you want to know the answer? Do we want to go there? Well, that was my sneaky way of asking it without uh, making without it seem being, like I was asking. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, it was amazing. Um, the unexpected thing, because I think that everybody knows or expects him to be sort of larger than life, sort of very committed, really. Like, I mean, he's an amazing filmmaker and uh, a true cinephile and has worked with some of the world's greatest directors and, and has, you know, benefited from that. But what I didn't know for me personally was, you know, when I read the script and um, after reading the book, like, Susan Turner's really cool. Mm-hmm. This is a Tom Cruise movie, so I will probably be delegated to, you know, being in the passenger seat for most of this film. And because Tom is so generous, we would approach a scene and we would all read it. And he and he would be like, you know what? Susan Turner should be doing this. <laughs> like Susan Turner at, is as equally capable, sometimes in situations more, you know, more prepared, more in like the, the, the military no, because she's. Mm serving you know so i would benefit from those the the from that type of thinking and um i would do what what jack reacher was sort of scripted to do and that wasn't what i was expecting joining on to this film i really was like listen this is tom's movie this is you know this is this is about jack reacher and um and and luckily you know he really sort of boosted the character and thus my confidence when playing her absolutely there's there's uh yeah you're absolutely right because it it is you know, very much a a partnership of equals uh, in mm-hmm. the movie. I would say there's not a lot of mansplaining in this movie. You don't get a lot of Reacher talking down to to Turner or patronizing Turner. There, no. you know, she's very much someone who will slap him in the face if he steps yeah, out of line. She will stand up for yeah. herself. Yeah, yeah. Were Absolutely. you like that with with Tom? If he if he if he Tom explained to you, did you? Uh, did you smack him down just to put him in his place? I mean, there wasn't really any moments like that, and I think that I think that. Um, once he saw, like, I'm a very competitive person, and I'm also quite stubborn. 
And so when it came to, you know, we went we went to New Orleans and we arrived in New Orleans about six to eight weeks before we started shooting this thing. And um, once he saw that I was actually like really committed and took it very seriously, there wasn't any moment of like, you know, trying to trying to do anything. It was <laughs> yeah. like, she's obviously working really hard and she's going to continue yeah. to do so. Absolutely. Yeah. So you had um, just, I believe, broken your leg. Yeah, I was newly off of crutches, so I was on crutches for six weeks, and then then I was off. Like, I met Ed Zwick when I was on crutches, and I don't know how I convinced him. Like, I'm totally tough. (laughs) I am ready to do this action movie. I'm going to do all my own stunts. (laughs) Um... I manipulated the situation in a way that I that I I don't know I convinced him to um to to give me a shot. But when I met Tom, I remember I remember specifically actually, I was allowed like I'd gone to the doctor and they're like, okay, I think you can use start using a cane, which is like <laughs> so cool. Um, so I bought this like you know cane from the drugstore and I was kind of walking around with it. But I was like, I I can't walk into the room meeting Tom Cruise for the first time with a cane. I can't, no, can't do that. Do can't do it. I can't do that. So I just like I was like I'm just gonna walk it. Fuck it. I'm just gonna wear this brace <laughs> uh, underneath my clothes and just like be really cool about it. And I and I was just I just made it that I was just a slow walker. I just kind of walked, <laughs> kind of took my time. I mean, it seemed like that's just my personality. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Quite. I'm just taking in, the, you know, the, the yeah. stroll. Well, you're you're, you're uh, scanning the room for threats, which is what Susan Turner. Yes, did. exactly. Yep. You, you see exactly. It's all how you phrase it. Analyzing it's every angle. It's all how you pitch it. Yeah, it's not because I'm a <laughs> massive pain, Tom. You know, uh, it's fine, Tom. I'll, I think I'll stand. Yeah, I'll I'd rather... just, no, no, I'm just gonna stand. No, you guys go ahead. I just have to. I just really want to look at look at this view here. So you go ahead. No, no, I'll, I'll be right behind you. Were you tempted to do the uh, Gene Wilder and Willy Wonka thing and walk in with the cane and then walk up to him and just suddenly somersault into action? <laughs> and, and then you probably would have broken like your leg. But. That's how I felt when I find like when I got to New Orleans. I think I did some kind of like you know kick the door down move because when I finally got to New Orleans between the time I met Tom for the first time and going to New Orleans for rehearsals, there was like three weeks. And I was training a lot in that time by myself with a trainer in New York City. So I was feeling just so much more physically confident. Mm. And I was like, I did it. I'm here. I'm ready for... Oh, God, I'm exhausted. <laughs> oh, no, I'm in trouble. Uh, but for uh, there was a moment when I, f- I saw him for the first time in New Orleans that I was pretending to be stronger than I was, I think. Absolutely. Were you, uh, were you in full tip-top physical condition when you first met Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think so. I'd been off the movie, so I was off of training for a couple of months, but I definitely felt more confident than, than I did while, while starting Reacher. And uh, going back, before we, we talk about that, because that's a, that's a project I'm really uh, intrigued by, mm-hmm. which is uh, Why We're Killing Gunther. Last time we spoke about this movie, you told me that you had only read Never Go Back. Yes. Uh, is that still the case? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I did. I have read it. Yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, I read it, I think, I met Ed first, and so Ed pitched the project to me and I like how I say that because I make it seem like he asked me if I was available like it was not like that we just had a conversation about it to see if mutually um, I would be into the film but I I think then I saw the movie and then when I was going to go meet Tom and we did this table read I started reading the book um, but I hadn't read any of the books b- before that mm-hmm. 
But it was a great read. I mean, he's an amazing writer, Lee yeah. Child. And, and I also don't know how he's written so many of these books. Yeah. He's coming out with the 21st next month. He just yeah. and I was just like, it's just amazing. It's been one a year, with uh, one exception where it was two a year. Oh, wow. uh, Since 1997, I believe. And uh, he claims... And this is, maybe next time you talk to him, you can ask him if this is actually BS or not. He claims to just make them up as he goes. Does, does no research. Really? Doesn't write down any plot notes. And he just starts somehow, typing and it just kind of comes to him? Yeah. Well, he must know the characters so well at this yeah. point. So you have, you've only read one Reacher, bo- yes. Reacher book. So I brought in, because I, I, I'm a big Reacher fan. Yes, that, that was ama- that's amazing. I just happen to have Reacher books on my person at all times in case people challenge me to a duel. That's okay. which happens over here. So I want to hook you. I want to hook you by reading. Yeah, yeah. Because first lines are important, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. No, is yeah. this stuff you're going to read the first line of this the is, book? Yeah, this is uh, book number 15. This is The Affair. Okay. okay. What book? Sorry, book 15? 15. 15, okay. Yeah, I, I know that. I know the numbers. Why do I know that? It's really weird. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to read this to you, and then I'm going to hook you. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. The Pentagon is the world's largest office building. Six and a half million square feet, 30,000 people, more than 17 miles of corridors, but it was built with just three street doors, each one of them opening into a guarded pedestrian lobby. Boom. Boom. Gotcha, haven't I? Boom. You want to know more? He's a British guy. He writes so much about American politics. precisely. As a Brit, do you go, why don't you focus on on our country <laughs> and on our parliament and well, our, you know? Yeah, you want Reacher to come over here and yeah, um, what sort it, things Yeah, does Reacher out. ever come? He has, he's been to, uh, yeah, he's been a couple of times. He has. Yeah, yeah. So you just want to come over and knock some heads together, but he's interested in Americana. But this is interesting. See, he doesn't, he says yeah. he hasn't researched that. So that could all be bollocks about the Pentagon. We don't know. Well, he says he hasn't researched. That's, yeah. I mean, he's, but somebody's got to make might, sure that those are right. He might have just made that up. We don't know. That sounds right. It's all fiction, Kobe. We don't know if it's really real. <laughs> we don't know what's real. Is Susan Turner real? I don't even know. I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. Did yeah. you do research into into this character? Is this uh, so much? That was the that was actually the best part of this film for me, other than just getting crushed in a gym multiple hours a day. <laughs> um, it was really fascinating because you know I'm Canadian and I'm also a pacifist, so <laughs> I didn't know much about. The military. What what I was really kind of trying to figure out at the beginning was how do you go from you know enlisting and going I want to be a part of the military, I want to go into service to then getting and earning the rank of major and how mm. does that work and so I spent a lot of time like researching that and and formulating this 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 background for this woman and and then adding to that I read a lot of um, I read an amazing book called Redeployment which is really a first-hand account, a real first-hand account from many soldiers serving overseas and then also coming back home and dealing with having been through that experience. Uh, and then another book called Band of Sisters, which is specifically about women in the military and their and their experiences overseas. Mm. And I mean, it's just, it's real tough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it, it's also what I took away from it, and it's just my own personal takeaway, is... That everybody's journey is different, yeah. and 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 there are listen. There are so many, there are so many uh, negative um, stories about women in the military and the things that they've suffered through. And then I go and I meet two women, a colonel and um, and a, a major uh, at a base in in uh, Virginia, and talk to them, and 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 they had nothing but amazing positive things to to report back. And I found that it really depends on who 
who's in charge of you, who you surround yourself with, because mm. those people above you are either going to raise you up mm. or they're going to keep you down. And I think that that's sort of the, the journey for both women and and, and, course, and, yeah, yeah. and men in, in the military. But it is such a unique job, and it's it's such an honorable choice. I mean, I can't even... I can't imagine having that type of commitment to to you know just saying like I sacrifice my life for this and I believe in this country and I think it's, it takes a real honorable good person to yeah. to do that. Making the transition from TV to film there may be too much made of how that is a transition these days mm-hmm. but you went from a sitcom mm-hmm. to to movies mm-hmm. uh, with an audience live audience I mean uh, multi camera which I imagine must really impact your style of acting when you're feeding off audiences mm-hmm. and when you're feeding off your other actors as well for the lines, the feed lines and whatnot. And then you're suddenly in a, in a movie situation kicking ass, whether it's a Susan Turner or a Maria Hill. Is that fundamentally different? I mean, what's that experience like for you? Well, I will say on How I Met Your Mother, we didn't have a live audience. Oh, really? They throw in that laugh track. But That's a laugh track. That's yeah. a genuine laugh track. It's a genuine laugh track. Ah, okay. So, but there is... Because of the nature of the flashbacks and whatnot. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah. Well, it, if for our show, it was just, you know, in each episode, we had 50 plus scenes and it just, it isn't the type of show that would do well in front of an audience just because it's too, it's too fragmented. Yeah, but sure. it is staged in the same way where you kind of are on stage for these four cameras and for our crew. And... It, it, it's a different type of rhythm, which is something that I had to learn first uh-huh. because it was the first comedy that I had done. So I don't know. I think it's just because maybe it was more intimate. It didn't seem like such a transition. But there was definitely... I do remember like there were moments because it was funny when I got on How I Met Your Mother, they were like, you need to be, you need to be much louder. because, <laughs> And I wasn't used to sort of presenting myself to yeah. these cameras. I was used to like playing a scene and like sure. used to going, you know, used to having coverage and 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 then I had to go back into the the world of, of films and they were like, you need to be quiet. <laughs> you need to take it down. And you need to like, you know, you can talk to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so there was sort of this this physical transition that I had to wrap my brain around. But I think that I was so lucky because you know, and How I Met Your Mother, it is a sitcom and it is a comedy, but we were also able to do these extremely intimate scenes. Yeah. We had a lot of, especially speaking for me, the character of Robin Scherbatsky is a character who, you know, went from being, playing a, a teenage pop star in flashback to um, being a woman who has to go through the concept uh, uh, that she's not able to have children and yeah. like having this 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 emotional arc through through that one season and so it was uh, that that was amazing that the writers and the creators kind of gave us these challenges and these moments so I never felt like I was you know the mother of the young kid in the show carrying laundry this for throughout the scene and rolling my eyes at like oh Freddie you know it, it's like we got to do a lot of different things, and um, and I benefited from that just mm. moving forward. The laugh track revelation has blown my mind. I did not know that about yeah. that show. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, amazing yeah. fact. Uh, we put a laugh track on this. Oh, good! Well. Yeah, Thank so God. There's going to be a laugh. Track I wish I lived my life it. with a life with a laugh track. That'd be great. If you walked into a room and people greeted you with <laughs> laughter and applause, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? That would be amazing. Yeah. Would you have a theme tune if you walked into a room? Would you have a theme tune? I think it would just be trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some sort yeah. of 
just some sort of like nice little, so I could just kind of walk in with like a. That was a very pop. cool jazzy trumpet. Thank I, you. I expected more of a sort of. No, no, no! It's sort of like you know, kind of yeah. start your day type of walking okay. down the street. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah. So, the, so the show was obviously called "How I Met Your Mother." It wasn't called "How I uh, Kicked Your Mother in the Face and, and Twisted Her Neck." So no, that was a working title. That, that one was a didn't. Title. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we pitched it. It didn't go over well. <laughs> this is such a shame. Such I know. a shame. Uh, so. How did the transition from that show mm-hmm. and from Robin into Maria Hill and Susan Turner and someone who is one of Hollywood's premier ass kickers right now? Thank you. I'm going to say that. That's kind. It's on the record. That's very kind. No laugh track in that one, please. No. Are you serious? <laughs> um, how, did that, how did that happen? Are you uh, still kind of going, what, what? Yeah, <laughs> well, how I, I was on How I Met Your Mother. Joss Whedon is a friend of mine. And when the first Avengers rolled around... He sort of championed me and brought me into the mix. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I have no idea why I got hired to play these, like, you know, really tough, strong, stubborn women. Because I'm not very, you know, I'm, I'm just not like that. Like I said at the beginning, I'm a pacifist. I'm Canadian. It's like, kind of goes against <laughs> and maybe that's why it's easy for me to hook into. I don't know. But the whole thing with Marie Hill started because of Joss, because... Because he's my friend. <laughs> yeah. And then for Susan Turner, I don't quite know. Um, I think it is that Ed saw this movie that I did with um, Andrew Bajowski called Results, in which okay. I play a personal trainer. And I think he saw that because I don't think he, he said he's never seen any of the he's never seen any Avengers films. Oh, wow. Okay. He hasn't seen any of them. Yeah. But he did. I think he said that he saw results and saw something in that that could translate to the character of Susan Turner. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so do, you, do you feel at a home in, in characters with, with characters like Maria and Susan Turner being a pacifist and being a, a Canadian pacifist at that? <laughs> yeah, um, not really. I mean, not really. It takes me a while to figure out these women, Susan Turner yeah. especially. And I know, I mean, even on set, Ed was like, you got to get harder. Because to me, <laughs> you know, my scale of anger or yeah, it, anger and, and, and it is not is not right. Because I think like I'm doing a scene. I'm like, whoa, that was like really intense. <laughs> I was like, no, you weren't angry enough. <laughs> Because my, what is it called? Like a scale, like a Richter scale. It's not a Richter scale. Yeah, your, scale. your sliding scale, I guess. My sliding that, scale, yeah. yeah. For for anger and being mean is so off. So I needed Ed to sort of be like, no, Susan Turner is much angrier. And she's much more, you know, you need to be much more direct with him. And, and so he sort of helped me through that. Loads of Avengers movies coming up. About 45 more Avengers movies, mm. I believe. Have you had the call? What's, what's, what's the latest I'm not. I can't say anything. Of course, you can say anything. I like to work in these movies. I'd like to continue (laughs) to work in these movies. So if I start talking about things and people in things and Mm -hmm. what happens in things, then they don't. They don't. You know, invite me to come and play. You know, a lot of people. I've interviewed a lot of people involved with Marvel movies and other movies like that over the years, and uh, a lot of them say, if I say something, a red dot will appear on my forehead. Yeah. You know what? It hasn't happened yet. I don't think they're listening yet. Yeah, that's true, because people have, like, done spoilers and stuff, and they continue to be in. I just, um, it's, I want to keep my job, but it's also, (laughs) but it's also, I don't want to ruin it for fans. Sure, 
Sure. One of the exciting thing, of, like when you are a fan, is is to see this movie the first time, uh-huh. not know what's happening, yeah, and be surprised. And so I like to keep you know the surprise absolutely alive. Absolutely, yeah. It will be it will be surprising. So perhaps I don't know. Perhaps Maria Hill will be in a different position each movie, but like Lee Child. In the Jack Reacher you can films. make any sort of assumption you want in this moment. It's not an assumption. I'm just putting it out there <laughs> as an idea. Should the Russo brothers be listening, uh, which I'm sure they are. Uh, hi, Anthony. Hi, Joe. Because they're not uh, busy yeah. at all. They're, they're just like sitting around. Well, that's the thing. They go, oh, Kobe Smulders is on the Empire podcast. We must listen to it in case she's spilling secrets. <laughs> and then we have to yes. get red dot people in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about is uh, your husband's film, uh, Taron Killam's film, uh, Why We're Killing Gunther mm-hmm. with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think you had just wrapped it last time we spoke. Uh, yeah. How this film sounds fascinating to me. It's a, it's a comedy about a group of hitmen trying to kill the world's greatest hitman. Is that it essentially is. it? And it's yeah, it's, that's essentially it. But um, to add to that, it's doc. It's shot documentary style. It's about this group ah. of killers that have also hired this crew to follow them around and record everything, so they have evidence. Okay. And so it it's it's my husband is a very funny man, and he's he's very talented, and so it's very funny. And there's so many great actors in it as well, including Schwarzenegger. But it's the style of it is really interesting, mm. and it's it's very new, and it's and it's just it's just really it's really cool. So he's editing that right now, and um, I don't know when it's you know who knows when things come out, but but it is one to be enjoyed for sure. And uh, a big Arnie, I'm presuming is Gunther. I don't know. You're gonna have to watch the film <laughs> to find out. And who do you play? I uh, play um, Taryn's ex-girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I'm looking forward to that one. It's and, it's going to be great. Yeah, fantastic. And yeah. Kobe, I will let you go with one last quote. Okay, let's see. From Jack it. Reacher. Yeah. Book 15, The Affair. See if it can be hooked. Okay. I showered and dressed in the dark. Socks, boxers, pants, my old tee, my new shirt. I laced my shoes and put my toothbrush in my pocket with a pack of gum and a roll of bills. I left everything else behind. Well, now you're hooked. I'm in. Kobe, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you for so much. So there was Kobe Smulders. Kobe Smulders. And uh, should we start with the movie in which she stars? Yeah. Jack sure. Reacher Never Go Back, the second Jack Reacher movie based on the 18th Jack Reacher novel. Why do I know this stuff? Because you wrote the feature, remember? I know, but I knew it anyway. Why? <laughs> What useful information has been squeezed out of my head? What life, potentially life-saving information? Uh, for example, if either one of you dropped out of a heart attack right now, that'd yeah. be no use to. But if you if you had a life-threatening situation right now, I don't know what I, I I can't remember what to do. But I can remember that Never Go Back is the 18th Jack Reacher novel. But that probably also means that you know, for example, the history of Boots the Chemist, <laughs> because you remember those novels so well. Yeah, and yeah. that could be useful. That could be useful. I could go. Oh, I know the history. Let's go to the chemist. <laughs> the pharmacist will do you right. So, never okay. go back. Uh, the second Jack Reacher film, uh, as you say, sees Jack Reacher heading to DC uh, because he's talked to Major Susan Turner, Kobe Smulders' character on the phone, and thinks she has a nice voice and he wants to take her out to dinner. <laughs> that's literally, that's, <laughs> that's literally yeah. it. I'm not kidding. So, John, have you ever done that? Have you ever doesn't talk to a lady on the phone and I then mean... gone, then travel 600 miles to see her in a really weird... In my lonelier nights... <laughs> Helen, have you ever done that? Have you ever listened to a guy's voice, like you know, and, no. and then turned up on his doorstep? No. Okay. It could be either construed as a really, really romantic gesture, or or stalker, or security pressing the sound alarm. Yeah. 
Well, anyway. Anyway, <laughs> carry on. She's not too worried about security, presumably, because she's a major in the army and is pretty kick-ass in her own right. Uh, yes. But it doesn't really matter because when he does get to Washington, D.C. to meet her, he discovers that she's been arrested dun, dun, dun. on a charge of espionage and treason or both one or uh, both anyway matter. Uh, so she's she's locked up and soon Reacher himself is dragged back into the army and locked up alongside her <gasps> what uh, so he decides that there's only one thing to do which is of course escape oh, wait, take death. her with oh. him and uh, and solve the entire mystery that led to them being spoiler framed in the first place what? there is a complication in that Reacher is informed that he has a daughter he never knew about what I know and uh uh, her name is Sam. She's name played Sam. by Danico Yarosh. And uh, and yeah, so the baddies are after her too because they have also discovered that Jack Reacher has a daughter he never knew about and are using her to get to him. <gasps> so that's the setup. Um, oh, my God. I mean, it's basically the entire film, really, because the bad guys don't make that much of an impression, I didn't think, this time. I mean, last time you had the enormous advantage of one of them being Werner Herzog and the slightly less enormous advantage of one of them being... <laughs> Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. I like him in that film. I, <laughs> He's yeah. good in that film. Yeah. Um, but this time they, they really struggled to make an impact. Um, what, what was it? The Hunter? He doesn't even get a name, does he? He's just no. The Hunter. Well, yeah. The Sec. The Hunter. He's not a character from the book, by the way. I, I, I will say, if you're going into this expecting a, a straight adaptation of... Because um, Jack Reacher, the film, was a fairly straight adaptation of one shot. This is not. This deviates from the book in major, major ways. Major turner ways. Major reach ways, major <laughs> ways. Um, so there will be surprises, or the the the, the, the movie developed in ways I did not expect. Mm. But I think you're right. I think um, for me, this is a fine, solid, straight down the middle. Ed Swick is the director, and he is a man who directs fine, solid, straight down the middle, if slightly pedestrian movies. I would say if you look at his career. Mm. Glory and Courage and Fire and The Last Samurai of course his last movie with Tom Cruise I think he said Tom Skerritt that's <laughs> weird uh, Tom Cruise and uh, you know Defiance and these are these are movies that are fine they're okay but I don't know if you get home of night and of a night and go ah, I'll have an Ed Swick double bill <laughs> yeah, I, d- I don't think that happens a lot. There's a couple of really effective action scenes. I oh. thought the um, uh, there's a bit in a restaurant kitchen, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a very subtle little fight on a plane, which I liked a lot. You may have glimpsed some of that in the trailer, unfortunately. Um, and there's some uh, New Orleans stuff uh, a bit later on in the film, which again you've probably glimpsed in the trailer. Um, so yeah, I did. I I had issues with it. I don't think. I, if anything, I thought it could have been adapted a little more. I thought that some of the, you know, the story was written a good few years ago now, and and some of the technology as a result feels quite clunky. And given that they don't appear to be trying to make it a period piece, it feels odd sometimes that people are communicating okay. in ways that they are. Interesting. Um, but you know, I mean, Cruz, who continues to look nothing like Jack Reacher, unsurprisingly. Um, he is such a good actor and he is so um, charismatic that you can almost forget about it for large periods of time. That's interesting you say that. I thought I thought he was slightly muzzled in his charisma in this film. I thought, I mean, I don't know the yeah, Reacher he, books. No, but you're right. He is. He's trying to rein it in very he's, much. He's rein, yeah. He reigns it in a lot. Mm. I mean, I know that 
uh, from what I understand, Jack Reacher is a very stoic man, right? He's a very Reacher said nothing is mm. you know he he doesn't say much, um, and I thought this kind of worked against his favour a little bit. So there's this whole subplot about his potential daughter, which is a, a little bit formulaic, perhaps. Mm. Mm. And I just thought he's, you're trying to play this emotionally art- inarticulate man. It doesn't really sort of translate to screen. It just comes across as a little. I wonder. Bit. I wonder if they went a little early with this book. Mm. Um, I wonder if this maybe should have been the third film because I think you needed maybe two films with him on his own to really establish yeah. the character and establish the lone wolf nature of the character before you uh, and the fact he has no attachments. Uh, before you throw him into a situation where he is on the run with with a woman uh, who may be his daughter. Yeah, I agree. Because um, I don't think he's quite... They've quite earned that yet. Yeah. But, you know, uh, again, I think it's fine. The action sequences are fine. Uh, as someone who was quite focal... Uh, about Cruz's casting at, at the time I've I've totally come around it actually because this is Jack Reacher movies we're going to get this is it so I'm happy with that I'm happy that we're getting Jack Reacher movies uh, but also Lee Child's creation is 6 foot 5 inches he's 250 pounds yeah and if you put a character with those dimensions you know that's shorter than Peter Crouch but heavier than Peter Crouch just if you want to get an idea it's roughly the size of The Rock is what it is. He's about 250 pounds. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think The Rock's not quite that tall, is he? He's, he's not 6'5". Six six he's meant he's... to be... Oh, I, I looked online. He, right. He, certainly at one point they were claiming he was. Yeah, oh, I've met him. You've well, met him. I've met he's him. Not that, he's, not, he's not that big and all that. The Rock. The Rock, and if I'd, you're listening, please come and hit And I'd say it to... <laughs> someone else's face. Someone else's face. Um... A character that big walks into a scene, he dominates the scene. He he changes the dynamics of the scene and the type of movie this is, especially a Reacher on the run, uh, you have... A, having Cruz means he can walk into a room, he can walk into any situation and be the underdog and be underestimated. And I think that actually works in the favour of a big screen thriller. Having said that, of course, you know, 10 years' time, I'd love to see a reboot with an actor who fits reaches physical dimensions, but that that's fine. I'm, I'm happy with, with what we have for the time being. Um, we gave us four stars. I'd maybe go high three, but it's still a good, as I say, solid straight-down-the-middle thriller. Next up, we have the return of Ken Loach. We thought he'd retired. Just when we thought he was out, he pulls himself back in with uh, I, Daniel Blake, uh, which is his second Pandor winning film. He won 10 years ago with The Wind That Shakes the Barley. He came back this year triumphantly, uh, just two years after Jimmy's Hall, with I, Daniel Blake, and scooped the Pandor over there at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, and is it worthy, Helen? Oh, it very much is. Yeah, let's be honest. So this is um, an incredibly timely story. Um, Dave Johns, uh, who apparently is a stand-up in real life, which I, I didn't know about, but he mm. plays uh, a, a joiner, a former joiner called Daniel Blake, obviously. Um, he's widowed. He has a heart condition, and he finds him trapped himself trapped in the benefits system. So this is this is an, you know a pretty nakedly uh, political with a small p film. Um, his heart condition means he isn't fit to take a job, but they won't accept that it's enough for him to claim benefits. So he's kind of in this horrendous hinterland, just basically trapped by red tape. And he tries to um, help uh, another person in a similar situation, who is Hayley Squires' Katie. She's a single mother. Uh, she equally is is having trouble trying to get any kind of assistance, any kind of help to, to maintain herself and her children. Um, and it's a sort of a... 
I, I, I guess, a, a rather tragic drama with the two of them struggling against this really inhuman system, you know, um, tiny little things uh, go wrong for him. I mean, he's, he's handwritten his CV. He's not comfortable with computers. That isn't good enough for them. He doesn't get receipts from uh, a foreman. So that stops him from getting to the next stage, you know, like it's mm-hmm. just one obstacle placed in his way after another. And it's I mean, it's incredibly hard to watch in some ways. It's uh, it, it's just too close to home. It's too realistic, I think, which is um, pretty tough. But I mean, that's kind of, I guess, what you expect from from Ken Loach. Um, it's it's a film of that isn't angry anymore. I don't think it isn't. It isn't. You know, I mean, there are moments of anger in it, but it's not castigating mm-hmm. the system. It's just almost. It's almost as a film. It's downtrodden and depressed yeah. as well as its so characters. It's a weary sigh. In it is ways. a weary sigh. Yeah. I mean, it's we've gone so far. Can we ever get back to to a sort of a human system? It's it's really it's really tragic. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, Andrew in our review has said someone should project this on the wall of the Department for Work and Pensions. And my God, hmm. I wish they would be, watch it. Like get the clockwork orange device and sit beaming it into their eyeballs beam it into the eyeballs of the entire cabinet until we can we can sort this situation out but yeah it's it this is a seriously powerful film i mean great great performances, performances bit, yeah. absolutely great performances and and ken loach really very much at the top of his game so 80 years old unbelievable four stars from us and uh, i know there are certain people in this office who would comfortably have gone five so yeah there we go i daniel blake uh, fantastic stuff and uh, it's, it's a good week for four star films we have four stars for Jack Reach and Never Go Back we have four stars for I, Daniel Blake Never Go Back and now we have I may have spoiled it slightly but we have <laughs> Queen of Catway Never Go Back um, Hell's Bells yeah this one's uh, this one thank goodness is a little bit more heartwarming in its treatment of poverty and, and deprivation um, it's a it's a real life story it's about a young girl who was grow- growing up in one of the poorest areas of Uganda um, her name is Fiona Mutesi uh, she's played by Medina Nalwanga uh, pretty much a newcomer and she discovers an aptitude for tests she basically wanders into David Oyelowo's uh, classes one day and discovers uh, this whole world that she had not previously come across and she is unbelievably talented at the game basically and it's this is her story from progressing to, from this complete neophyte status never having really come across chess before to becoming an international competitor in in the yeah. game um, which is pretty stunning um, so I mean there are all of these kind of cliches that the film has to kind of negotiate their way around I mean this is you know the shy child who lives in horrendously difficult circumstances who's introduced to an elite world and and has to kind of beat the snobs of that world at their own game you know we've seen this a million times from Karate Kid you name it Um, but Miranair who directs I think lets a lot of that kind of be underplayed I guess and and not kind of hit it too heavily Uh, it doesn't wallow in just the misery of her situation to begin with it it doesn't it doesn't lose the kind of humanity of the of the situation i guess that she's in at the beginning um because it you know and it does that by emphasizing i think her family yeah. her um her structure around her her supports structure and not just oh they have very little money which i think is really good um it's fantastic to see the gorgeous face of um <laughs> lapida nyonga Younger back on screen. I mean, she's been behind CG for her roles since she won an Oscar. Yeah. Um, and she's she's very very good here in in the supporting role as uh, Fiona's mother, Harriet. Mm. Um, and uh, David Oyelowo. He's always he's always good. Solid. You don't have to worry about him. Yeah. Always good. 
Always good. Yeah, I, I love sports movies. I love underdog movies. Yeah. Well, I'm this will this them. will be this will be to yeah. your taste then. Yeah. Yeah. Four stars. The only movie I really liked. Uh, have you guys ever seen Coach Carter? Yeah. I really liked Coach, Coach Carter. Coach Carter's good. <laughs> I really liked it. It's one of those movies I might you know if you're fumbling around Netflix, you happen upon Coach Carter. You might I might stick that on for a little while. It's good. Um, but speaking of chess movies, uh, one that got really overlooked a couple of years ago. It was. Potentially an awards uh, contender, but then it just fell off the map. Is an Ed Swick film, Pawn Sacrifice, about the uh, uh, Bobby Fischer and Boris Basky. Their their company, this is Toby Maguire, as as really good film, really good film. Check it out, Pawn Sacrifice. All right. Damn it! <laughs> getting that angry. I'm getting the can I get like Ken Loach about the benefit system about a movie about chess. Uh, also out this week, we have uh, an animated movie, Happy Go Lucky. Animated movie. Um, I had my picture taken with the mascots uh, when they were at Empire <laughs> Live. As you know, I go nuts for people in costume, jobbing actors <laughs> dressed in costumes. So this is Trolls. This is Trolls, yes. Yeah. Uh, Anna Kendrick is our heroine, Poppy. Um, and uh, uh, Justin Timberlake pl- uh, plays her friend, kind of friend, uh, Branch. Uh, the setup <laughs> of, the, of the story is this. Um, the trolls are small, adorable creatures who live in constant fear of being eaten by larger troll-like creatures called the Bergen. Um, and uh, basically, the Bergen used to, every year, once a year, they would have a day where they all let trolls. Until the trolls, led by Poppy's father, tunnelled away and escaped and are now living in freedom in the wilderness. But they live in constant fear all the same. And meanwhile, the Bergens are miserable because the only thing that ever made them happy is eating trolls. Oh, I know. So they're so they you know they have some humanity because they're just they're really depressed and the only thing that makes them happy is gone, um, and that's kind of the setup. So one day a, a Bergen discovers these trolls, basically kidnaps all of Poppy's friends and decides to eat them. And Branch, who is luckily extremely paranoid, has been hiding in a bunker, so he's okay. Uh, but he very very reluctantly agrees to go with her and try and rescue her friends. And in the same way, they all have to find a way to bring happiness and peace between these two warring nations of various sizes I mean it's cuter than a puppy rolling in glitter like this is super cute okay um, mm. Chris you're, you've gone misty eyed there please love, come back to us I love puppies fried, <laughs> um, boiled, it doesn't matter to me Oh, it's a joke but no it's, it's super I'm super like cute but it, it does have an edge like some of the stuff with trolls being eaten is actually quite scary for little kids mm. uh, or me and uh, and also the, there's <laughs> Poppy goes on this epic journey and she sings a really jaunty song so you may not notice if you actually pay attention during that sort of montage of that journey she gets eaten several times by several different things and just makes her way through the yeah. Okay. To continue onwards. Wow. Is I it, have not seen in a cartoon before. Is so. it an allegory for internet <laughs> trolls then? <laughs> maybe. So maybe they're just sad, lonely people who just need someone to throw glitter at them to cheer <laughs> up. You know, that's possible. Anyway, um, I, I thought it was uh, it was cute and, and I quite liked it, even though it's very, very silly and childish, which may say something about me. And we gave that... Three stars. Three stars. And also out this week, uh, we have 
pretty poor comedy actually Keeping Up With The Joneses an action comedy with Zach Galifianakis and Isla Fisher as an ordinary married couple in Next Door Neighbours Move In played by John Hamm and Gal Gadot uh, looking glamorous and they're super sexy and super slick uh, Arlie Spies yes yeah. right yeah. or no no it's just it's such a shame because it's directed by Greg Matola and it's just a lit it's just really undercooked oh. really undercooked or underbaked Whichever, which choose your cooking show metaphor I wouldn't in case it's a spoiler for last night's Bake Off which you still seen haven't it. seen I still haven't seen it I still haven't seen it I swear to God if you spoil Bake Off for me I will end you <laughs> the power yeah, the power that the, the listeners power. have I'm going to try and see this see Bake Off before this podcast goes out because oh, the yeah. irony of the spoiler hunter being spoiled by those who seek to spoil a spoiler hunter would be how can there be spoilers I've, I don't understand I've it's never, a, Elimination it's, show, it's just, John. It's just cakes, right? What's the, what's the spoil? <gasps> it's just you. cakes. It's just cakes. And Westworld's just robots, is it? <laughs> yeah. And Game of Thrones is just you know dragons and, and swords and treachery and is it? I don't think they are, there's layers in the Great Bish- There Bacon. are layers. I'm, That's I'm the whole point. I'm talking about metaphorical layers here, not there are metaphorical layers, layers too. Yeah. Yeah. There's more layers than a Carrie Fisher character reunion. <laughs> Thing. That's how many layers there's are. There's more layers than a 20 layer cake, which yeah. is a thing. There's more layers than a 21 layer cake, is that a thing? That's not a That's thing. not a thing. Okay. Is there but. a Kaiser Soze sort of figure? <laughs> yes, what, Paul Hollywood. Of- <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, it's an elimination show. So you get attached to the personalities, right? And then each week someone gets killed. Yeah, that's my understanding. I, I, they're taken away and shot. Baked in an oven, okay. Rickerman style. Yeah, and right. and you you get genuinely upset and you get infested so in if, them. If I were to tell Chris that Bob went oh, out last night, Bob, my favourite, <laughs> like he would be really upset. Yeah. Anyway, so keep it up with the Joneses is a two-star <laughs> film. Really, a bit rubbish. Yep. All right. Bit of a shame. Ah. Oh well. One of those things you just you can feel them. Improvising, you can feel them stretching against the confines of a middling script. A bit like this every week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're wondering where the Doctor Strange review is, uh, we haven't seen it yet. It's out on Tuesday. Uh, we will be seeing it very, very soon. There will be an Empire review up accordingly. Word from on the States is good. Yeah. Broke overnight, so fingers crossed uh, for that one. There will also have been a Logan trailer by Ooh. the time you hear oh, this, yes. but only one of us has had a preview of that so far. So only one of us can say that she's really quite she. excited by it. Yeah, <laughs> Hang on a second. Uh, and she thought it was really intriguing. Uh, it gives you a really good mm. impression of, that this film will have a very different tone to the ones we've seen before that it will be almost entirely a polar opposite to X-Men Apocalypse in particular but also a, a far cry from the previous films about Logan Ooh. about Wolverine wow I mean that's very that's mysterious right very specific yeah. for guess well I mean if I were guessing that's what I would probably say that's all who, who is it me it's me you yeah I saw it. Ha ha ha. Holy cow. Only because we will also have a trailer breakdown up on the website with contributions from the film's director, James Mangold, so do please check that out. Yes, which you need to write after this. Um, and we're running out of time. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this thing up. I'm going okay. to bring this bad boy in. I'm going to stick the landing. <laughs> It'll just, be the first time for everything. Watch me. Watch me. Okay. Uh, so, Doctor Strange, review will be up soon. There will be a spoiler special. I'm delighted to say with the director, Scott Derrickson, uh, that will be up 
as we always do with our spoiler specials, that'll be up to uh, after the American release. So we get it on Tuesday, the 25th of October. America gets it November 4th. I just checked. So our podcast will be up November 7th. Unless things do change. If they do, obviously, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted. Sorry for the long wait, but we always like to be fair as possible to our American cousins. God knows they're having a difficult enough time at the moment. <laughs> November 7th. That's election day. The day it? before. Day before. This spoiler podcast could swing the entire thing. Our Doctor Strange spoiler podcast is the best Doctor Strange spoiler podcast. Uh, so many people have told me it's huge, huge. Nobody respects Doctor yeah. Strange more than me. Just imagine, you know, if you if you have if you're you know if you work the iPhone with your tiny hand on November seventh, you know, maybe 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 we, we can use it as a as an agent for change. Sticking a landing. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. That's it for this week's Empire Podcast. Join us next week for more film-related fun, where we'll be joined by Jake Gyllenhaal. Ooh. What's he here to remote? What's he Nocturnal doing? Nocturnal Animals. Nocturnal Animals. Sticking the landing. <laughs> and one of the stars of Doctor Strange, Mads, Mc- Mads, Mads Mikkelsen. He'll be in as well. Oh, he doesn't have any hardcore fans who are going to want to listen to that. <laughs> what a shame. What's he been in that people want to yeah. know what about? What cult hits has he made? Has he got like the best hair in movies right now? Uh, well, no. Obviously, there's the, the, the twin hair gods of Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Oscar Isaacs and No, there's something Adam about Driver. his colouring that I really like. I mean, he's wonderful, don't get me wrong. I think mm. it's more the suits and the face. <laughs> it's more the suits and the face yeah he'd be a good Willy Wonka he would be a great Willy Wonka we are sticking the landing aren't we <laughs> no we're circling you know the thing when you come into Heathrow and oh, they, right, yeah. we're circling okay until the next time it's goodbye from Helen bye bye it's goodbye from John goodbye it's goodbye from me I'm off to the bad cave to confront a Mr. B-man about this <laughs> rather large unpaid electricity bill I'm sure everything will go just swimmingly see you next week bye